Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to Rule the Roost podcast. I am Jack, the trunk, and I'm joined by Raj, the Baines. How how, how are you doing, mate? No, then, I'm not too bad yourself. Yeah, I'm okay, thanks. I don't know, I, I, I tried to go on like a, a socially awkward thing this, this time, and I don't even know why I'm pretending to be socially awkward, because I am, really. Um, Bless you. Yeah, um, I'm a bit all over the place, mate. I'm a bit all over the place. Um, I'm just struggling to recover from what was possibly one of the most exciting weeks as a Tottenham Hotspur supporter, um, especially this weekend's game against Cardiff. It was an absolute barnstormer, wasn't it? I mean, it must have been a, a treat for you, given it was your birthday just beforehand. It's exactly what you wanted to see, I imagine. Yeah, um, perfect hangover viewing that. Um, no, I, you know I, I shouldn't be so cynical. Uh, let's let's we'll jump in. It's very good to to get a result after after playing in the Europa League. It helps to dispel a bit of the the nonsense that you hear about the Europa League being responsible for the derailment of our season. Um, Especially uh, after we um, we did that ad libbed shit game last week when we went through all our results and. Half blamed it on all the Europa League games afterwards. We'd lost to uh, to go against that and win a game, uh, no matter what the the performance was like. Actually, get the points on the board. That's that's probably the most positive thing to take out of it. Yeah, no, no, I definitely agree with you there, mate. Um, I mean, what did, what did you? Let's we'll start on Dnipro. Uh, we won't go into that one too much. We we all know what happened. We went a goal down. All hope was lost, and then we we managed to pull it back. It was it was described by Paul Jiggins as Sherwood, Sherwood's tactical mastermind, uh, master stroke, I should say. I, I, no, no, I think it was he masterminded a 3-1 comeback victory. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not so sure I'd go quite that far. So uh, I'm fast and loose with the word fucking mastermind. Well, that's it, that's it. Um, I, well... It, it was a good result, though, nonetheless. Was Paul Jiggins the same one that wrote something ridiculous about AVB as well? Was he the one that, that did the old AVB players in revolt business at the start of last season? Exactly him, yeah. He's one of Harry Redknapp's best mates. It's hardly surprising. No, no. Um, you think there was an agenda or something. Everyone loves that word at the moment, agenda. That seems to be the, the buzz phrase. If you say anything on Twitter, if you say, oh, I, I didn't really rate Polinio this week, someone will come in and thinking they're all clever and go, oh, oh, you've got an agenda against him, don't you? No, I just think he should probably work a bit harder. This week's, uh, this week's version of narrative then, is it? That, yeah, exactly that, exactly that. Um 
So, yeah, but we, we came back. Another, uh, got to uh, give Mr. Adebayor a shout out for his second goal. Absolutely fantastic. Um, the, the, the stadium in pretty good voice, as helped by the 1882 lads uh, down in blocks 35 and 36. Um, and a fitting tribute as well to, to, to young Tom Van Heeren. Um, but I, I don't really want to dwell on that too much. We're into the next round. We're against Benfica. Uh, I'd, I'd love to be positive, but it's going to be a very, very tough game for us, that one. I don't know if you've seen their form, mate, but it's it's similar to... Uh, yeah, OK, pr- probably not so comparable in terms of the competition they're facing, but it's it's similar to Bayern Munich-esque form. Um, they, I, I should probably have pulled up the extra stats, but yeah, they've really, won a lot of games. Yeah, they're, they're fantastic. I mean, between, it's between them, really, and a handful of clubs in... In Portugal, Porto and Spartan have fallen off in the past few years, but they're a fantastic side domestically. They've been doing well in Europe as well. I think they're a, the Champions League dropouts, aren't they? Um, Indeed, they are, so yeah. we fell foul of Basel in a similar position last year, and we've been previously linked to Jorge Jesus, who's in charge of, who's in charge of him. He's, he's a more than capable manager. So um, it'll be interesting to see how how we play against him, and I think. That could be one where you know an experienced European manager such as him might just have the guile to um, to outfox Sherwood, who's who's much much less experienced in comparison. Their current sequence is unbeaten in twenty at the moment in all competitions. They're unbeaten, or is that all competitions? Possibly not, but essentially they're they're unbeaten in their last twenty games. Um, that may well be league. That's not but, too bad. Yeah, it's still it's slightly worrying, isn't it? Um, another uh, an interesting little little thing to have a look at um, regarding the game is have a little look at their stadium. Um, it should add a bit of, a bit of spice to the fans who are travelling away, as the Emirates was actually modelled upon Benfica Stadium. Essentially, that, that's how soulless and corporate world football is becoming now. That. Stadiums are almost becoming like these flat pack things that can just be erected, tee hee hee, um, across the land and sea. But yeah, have a little look at the stadium alight. It is uh, a carbon copy of of the of the Emirates. Um, well, the Emirates is a carbon copy of the stadium alight. So hopefully we can go out there and get a result um, and try and claim some sort of result in an Arsenal stadium, maybe. Is that tenuous? Is that um, that small club? Is that small club, right? That's where the the Champions League final is going to be there this year at Estadio de Luz. So um, I'm sure they'll be disappointed that they they won't be in the competition to try and get there themselves. But as you say, it's it's exactly the same, even down to the club colours. Benfica playing red and white as well, to a degree. So it's almost uh, the Emirates with different sponsors, which is uh, interesting to see. But, I mean... Didn't we play a team in, was it Braga or someone like that, that actually called themselves Arsenal or something like that? Yeah, yeah. We played as well, so, you know, we seem to get picked against these teams fairly often. Horrible, smelly, smelly teams. We've got a smelly team this week, but we'll go to the smelly fixture we had this weekend, first of all. Um, Cardiff City, we touched on it at the start of the start to the uh, the show. Um, Roberto Soldado, lovely to see the man score. And a, a brilliant goal at that. Brilliant finish. Um, and the relief, the relief washing over him as if he'd taken some sort of illicit serotonin controlling substance 
was was a joy to behold. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. I mean, I had a massive grin on my face the second he scored. Um, I think the crowd had an extra bit of a cheer when when his name was read out and when the goal went in. And then the way the players uh, responded to how much it meant to him as well was was uh, was absolutely lovely. It kind of overshadowed the game itself um, to some degree. Um, because, you know, added by all those images of him waving everyone over, clearly, you know, he's Billy Big Bollocks again, so he's 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 got everyone round his little finger uh, telling them what to do, which is good to see having leaders on the field. And, and there's a moment where, where he puts his head in his hands and then Andros Townsend sort of jumps ahead of him and then he almost falls into Aaron Lennon's arms behind him because he's just that... He, he just—he almost goes floppy, you know. When you're that happy, or you, you, that emotion comes over you, you kind of just almost want to flop to the floor. I think if nobody was around him, he almost would have done like, you know, you know, when you see him win at Wembley—not uh, Wembley, Wimbledon—and they always do that fall to their knees and on their back and what have you, that sort of business. I, li- I like how you just described it as. Uh, <laughs> have you ever been so happy you've gone floppy? Um, and yeah, I can say that I have. To a certain so degree, you, you could argue at your veriest happy moment, that is when you go floppy. Yeah, if you get that far, sometimes you can kind of, you know, go floppy because you're so happy, dash, nervous, and then That's, it doesn't yeah. go properly floppy. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I do know what I'm talking about, and you all know what I'm talking about I, too. I think we're trying to compare a bit of Sadlado's form to an erection. I wasn't doing that. I was just <laughs> merely talking about how you were, you know, the tennis players, Wimbledon, collapsing, all that shit. Um, they, what, what did you make of Cardiff? What did you make of the game, though, mate? Is, is Adebayor a potential captain? I wouldn't put him as a captain myself because he almost has that sort of... Uh, if you, we talked about it before, that Jeff Shreves interview, where he has that, that, uh, that complex to himself where he already feels like he's, he carries... Uh, and almost the nation of Togo himself. So I wouldn't want him to to be any sort of impression that he's carrying Tottenham, although the statistics this season with how many goals and assists he's putting in probably um, probably equate to that somewhat. But um, I, I wouldn't give him the captaincy. I don't think, given what's come before, his behaviour with previous managers and and the such, I don't think it's, it's befitting of a man to be captain. I don't think there's anyone that I'd want to strip it from. And I think there's people who are probably before him in line to, to take it off Dawson, if that's the um, that's the case uh, I, going I, forward. I'd have to say, given that we've uh, we've dug the knife into him in recent weeks, um, he an absolutely outstanding performance against Cardiff, I felt, this weekend from from, from Messrs. Dawson and Vertonghen. But in particular... Um, Mr. Dawson, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Um, and this is the kind of fixture we've spoken about in the past where he really does shine. Um, well, it's, luckily, it's sort of a level, isn't it, Cardiff? Yeah. It's not, you know, they're not the best team in the world. They'll probably be relegated this season with with some games to spare. And they're the ones where he's useful in our squad. He's the ones where he'll, he'll have his head on the end of everything. The strikers won't have an inch against him because he's, he's at a level where he's, he's comfortable against them and he won't be turned too often and... They're the games where he's he's still part of our squad and very much useful. It's when he starts playing in possibly against Benfica and against the better sides in the Premier League that you worry. Paulinho again, two successful tackles. Um, looked a bit of a passenger. Didn't really didn't create any chances um, in the entire game. 
His, his, his passing was way off, way down, less than half of what Carl Norton's was, who, you know, to be fair to him, had a, had a pretty decent game on the ball. Um, do you think he's still recovering from injury? Is it World Cup syndrome? Um, I don't even know if that is a syndrome. Have I just created that? I think I have, maybe. But just in the respect, that is he not overexerting himself because he's going to his home nation to play in front of the world and try and win the World Cup, thus doesn't want to fuck that up to finish fifth or sixth for Tottenham. I don't know. I think it might be un- unfair and slightly overextending ourselves to to accuse him of somewhat cynically holding himself back so that he can perform the best in the World Cup. It's something that's said uh, in the press sometimes towards the end of the season, you know, when players are often accused of being on the beach if they're mid-table and they've not got really anything to play for anymore. There's some players who, who are looking forward to having a good World Cup that don't want to get injured, so they might take themselves out of the firing line for their clubs a little bit more. But I, I wouldn't want to fall into the trap of doing that. Um, I'd be interested to see how he performs for Brazil, um, see how they use him, see how he plays there and, and what function he has and and if he looks slightly more enthused in in that sort of environment because it might give us a, a, a fairer reflection of his mentality when he pulls on the Tottenham shirt and perhaps that's something for us to ponder uh, once we've seen that. But uh, in, a, in a blind view, I, w- I wouldn't want to accuse him of of kind of, you know, holding himself back for any reason. What did you make of Stephen Corker's performance as well, mate? He was, he was solid. I mean, we didn't give him much to think about. Um, he's in the England squad, even though, you know, Cardiff are on a, a bad run of form and he's, as I said, the, the Cardiff lads told us they're hemorrhaging goals, which um, they, they didn't seem to attribute any sort of blame at all to him. Um, so it'll be a good experience for him, whether or not he actually gets in the World Cup squad is, is another thing. But um, given that, that there's that possibility, that, that strong rumour that we have, um, first dibs if he comes back in the summer if, if Cardiff were to be relegated I don't think I'd say no because I think we are in a position where we need another centre back and if he's to, to come in naturally slot back back in um, having been at the club already I mean his, his temperament and his um, his want for first team football is something that's been called into question before so whether or not he as a person wants to come back to the club is another matter entirely um, but it, it's yet to be seen I think um, I think he's grown up a lot at Cardiff giving him the armband and what have you. I mean, after we accused him last week of of bottling performances like Leeds away and then the Cardiff lads have said that he's he's performed well in their derbies and he's stood up head and shoulders above most players and, and performed for them and, and fought for them as hard as he can. Um I think it's been a good 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 year for him. If it always if it almost sorry does become like a lone season for him, um it can only be a positive on our behalf unless we end up like spending more money on him to bring him back or what have you but I can't see that happening Cardiff can't hold us to ransom if he goes down there'll probably be that clause in place already well um, yeah the, uh, I, the way he played if I was to be honest I'd have him over Dawson but I still am not convinced that either one of them is is good enough for a club without aspirations I should say not saying they're not good enough for our club saying not good enough for a club of our aspirations. It's a very big difference. I don't think so, they're on the same level as, as Kirikesh and Vertonghen. They probably are our first-choice centre-back pairing, even though they, they probably both prefer the same side of centre-back. Uh, they're both left-sided centre-backs, and it, it depend on who'd want to step over there. That would, I don't think they've... Have they ever played together in a, in a two properly? I'm not entirely sure they have. 
No, uh, my only concern as well about Kirikesh is that he's actually he's appalling in the air as well, and for a centre back that does worry me slightly. I mean, Vertonghen can probably take that mantle up for him if if that's the way it goes. Um, mm. He can drop deeper and, and uh, attribute himself more to the aerial duels and leave Kirikesh to mop up on the floor because they're both ball playing defenders. If they you wanna, are, yeah. If you want to give him uh, like a. And don't get me wrong, Kirikesh, I think, is a brilliant player. I think he's, he's the way he's adapted to, to English football, um, seamless. You know, yeah. he, I think he had, what, a game and a half where he looked a bit ropey and obviously the management said to him, look, mate, you can't run into the box in the Premier League um, when you play as a centre-back because the strikers are and most of the midfielders are really, really fast and it's a really athletic game here. So if you do want to have a bit of a surge, just try and limit it to maybe once or not at all, <laughs> um, yeah. as opposed to every five minutes. But as soon as he's got that ironed out, he's, uh, he's, he's looking really good. Um, but we are in possibly one of the, the smelliest patches we've been in for quite some time now. Um, not only do we have two games against Benfica coming up, and a match against the old enemy, the horrible Arsenal, are coming to town. First of all, we have a, uh, a journey to Stamford Bridge. Um, so let's talk to some horrible Chelsea scumbags. So yeah, joining us once again on Roll the Roost is Mr. Joe Tweed of Plains of Almeria. Hello, hello, Joe. How are you doing, mate? Uh, yeah, very well, mate. How are you? Yeah, yeah not too bad. Good, good to have you back. You, you, you weren't. Shooed away by Raj's questioning of your your moral fibre on the last one. Then. Oh no, it's, actually, he's probably be disgusted. I'm, I'm moving to a bank in about two weeks' time, so uh, yeah, there's there's even more outrage and disgust to be had. Oh, there, so. good, good, God, I, I might have to tweet one of those disgusting individuals and link to your link to your Twitter profile because that that really is damnation. There, uh, that's yeah, pretty pretty horrific. Yeah, th- thanks for that. As well. And we're we're also joined this evening by my mate Fred. Hello, Fred. How are you doing, mate? Hello. I'm doing good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not too bad. Um, you're 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 a Chelsea fan as well, aren't you, Fred? I am. I've, I've been a Chelsea fan all my life. Did you like it when you won the Champions League? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't like that. Actually, I didn't like that one very much. No. No, one of one of the one of the shitter nights of uh, of being a Chelsea fan, I imagine. Um, yeah. So it's well. Let's start with your your season so far, lads. You, you, you're kind of becoming a, a ruthlessly efficient Bayern Munich-esque machine at the moment. You, you're steamrolling the Premier League. You haven't you haven't lost since bloody December. What's going on? Is it is it the Mourinho factor, or is it just that you've got loads of well good players? <laughs> it's probably it's probably a lot to do with uh, Mourinho and it's probably a lot to do with, with the players as well um, I think it's probably quite fair to say that it took quite a while to get going um, you know I think Mourinho's probably his biggest strength is just winning games when you kind of look at the performance and kind of sort of scratch your head as to how we've won that game or won it comfortably but probably you know from maybe the Liverpool game before Christmas um you know, from then onwards, we've, we've put in some really stellar performances and probably the, the City away game was arguably the best Chelsea game in terms of a performance I've seen in, in two, three, four years. Um, bit bit off the boil um, recently, but I think we've got a lot of uh, players who are playing regularly, um, you know, a couple of games sort of, you know, every, every few days. So I think there's a bit of tiredness there, but I'm kind of hoping that 
Um, a few of them have been rested up for for the game uh, this weekend. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's all heading in the right direction. Taking a little while to get there, but but I'm I'm really really happy with with how the team's progressing now. It, it, it seemed as though at the at the start of the season, he uh, for for want of a better expression, Mourinho looked like a man who was a bit shagged out. Like he kind of <laughs> it, you, you'd see him in interviews and stuff, and it, it was like that's not Mourinho. Like he, he just seemed a bit dejected, and it kind of maybe this going back to Chelsea, it, it wasn't the best of ideas. But now. No. You can't help but think, was it just a big double bluff? Is this is this that evil Portuguese mastermind that he is? He, he he seems to be in full swing again now. And much to my delight, I must say, mugging off Arsene Wenger incess- <laughs> incessantly, which is brilliant to see. I, I, I think he always had to do something different, though, when he came back this time. I mean, yeah. he was never going to be able to come back and be you know, uh, the, the new kid on the block like he was last time. When he, when he showed up last time, it was, it was like, you know, a, a bomb went off in the Premier League. Like, no one had really had someone just come out and be so out there like he was. And I felt, I think, I mean, this time round, he had to do something a bit different, I think. He pretty much, as you say, like the last time he came into the league, he pretty much just went into his first press conference and got his knob out. He rolled out on the desk and was windmilled like, the press. This is what I've got. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was quite something before, and I think people didn't really know, quite know what to make of it. I think this time round, he's probably he's well aware of how the English press works, and he's probably well aware of how he's expected to sort of show up and uh, and the sort of tricks he's expected to pull. And I, I feel like, you know, perhaps initially he was trying to make an effort to not go down that route and perhaps to sort of just uh, <coughs> ease into it a bit, you know, I don't know. I, it's, it's funny because as a Spurs fan, like you, you see there's so much vitriol directed towards him and you, you, you feel obliged to hate him. But I, I don't know about you, Raj, but I, there's, I, I can't help but, kind of like Mourinho in a way like he does frustrate me and I do think sometimes he takes it a little bit too far but even like when he was when he was taking the piss out of us for the William transfer which we'll go on to a little bit <laughs> later on but just <laughs> his whole kind of manner about the 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 transfer how he was just I, I, he made some jibe about yeah he he essentially said and we want to thank Tottenham for saving us a bit of time on, you know, performing the medical because um, it sped up the process. I can't remember what it was. He made some yeah. joke that I thought you saved, you saved us a flight, you know. Yeah, exactly. It was only Ryan there. It was Daniel Levy, mate. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Levy probably carried him from those. <laughs> no, no, you know, he genuinely flew Roberto Soldado in on Ryan there. So maybe that's maybe that maybe that explains Soldado's performances the most of the season. He saw he flew me in on Ryan there. I'll show him. I'll show. He, he wants a Ryan Air player. I'll give him a Ryan Air player. Um, <laughs> but what about you, Raj? I mean, how, how do you feel about Marina? Because I'll be honest, like a man that can genuinely elicit that much rage from Arsenal. Because Arsene Wenger tried it. You know, he he gave. He he tried to play the mind games of Mourinho, and he he just failed spectacularly. Like it, it was completely egg on his face, if you like. I I I'm sensing you maybe don't like him. No, I don't mind him whatsoever. Actually, he's um he's probably the only thing about Chelsea that I'm, I I find mildly tolerable. Um, <laughs> he's um he, he he comes across quite um well in his press conferences, and he actually has a personality. He, he tends to probably ignore the press training he's had at any club he's been at and given that he's been at some of the biggest clubs in the world at Inter Milan and, and you know Real Madrid these huge clubs with, with great histories that they'll have uh, they'll have taught him a lot and he's 
he just doesn't act like a, a man befitting of his position, really, which is is a breath of fresh air in some respects. So I can't I can't hold him back in that. And as you say, his his tendency to to wind up Arsene Wenger to a degree that most people can't is 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 brilliant because Wenger always manages to come up uh, second best to him, which is you know. If there's one thing that that Chelsea can do, it's it's beat Arsenal. And that's one thing that'll always uh, put a smile on our face, no matter who's playing them. I, I think what what I have to what I have <laughs> to give Mourinho as well um, is that wherever he goes, he 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 manages to and very quickly implement his own well his trademark style onto the team. He definitely has a fingerprint. Um, and he he takes that everywhere he goes. Fingerprints actually on Tito Villanova's eye, if you look closely enough. (laughs) But it it didn't work at Madrid, for example, because Madrid have their own uh, a style unto their own. um, If you like, he came in in his first season and beat probably the best club side that there ever will be to the title. Was it record points and record goals? Uh, Second season there were some falling outs, but. I mean, if you look at now under Ancelotti, the big one was him dropping Casillas. And I don't think I've seen Casillas play uh, when I've seen Madrid play this season. I, you know, I think it was just one of those things where, particularly second season, that you know there was a lot of egos going on there. Mourinho has one, obviously the Real Madrid players do. But um, you know, to say it was a not not necessarily a success. I mean, he absolutely tore Barcelona to pieces in his first season there in terms of the actual league performance. I mean, that that you know Barcelona team, I despise them with every fibre of my being, but they were absolutely phenomenal. No, indeed. It, I, I didn't say it wasn't a success, by the way. I just said that it didn't work um, in that because Madrid have <coughs> their own style I think Madrid themselves. Is, whereas... Madrid's a special case because I, I think it was his second season where he did better against Barcelona. I think the first season he got beaten 5-0 at home in the league by Barcelona, which wasn't the greatest uh, achievement ever. I think uh, Guardiola had him there. I think it's the second season, definitely. He's always done well in his second season at clubs. I mean, Chelsea, in his first time there, he was fantastic in his second year even built on what he'd built in that, that first year where he'd run away with the league and did it again in the second. Inter Milan, they won the treble in the second year. Uh, Madrid is when he won the, the league and he, he won the Copa del Rey at one point as well against Barcelona in one of the finals, 1-0. Um, so that's when he when he really kicks on. But it's it's all about the clicks, really. It was a, a strange Iberian um, little... little it's a tete-a-tete that he had with the, all the yeah. Spanish players because, you know, Casillas is the ringleader for them. He's the national captain and he sort of cast him to one side and he always, he seems to make the big calls and it usually seems to be at the expense of a Spanish player. I mean, this season, <laughs> if you if you look at Juan Mata now, he's Paul Lads in the middle of nowhere at Manchester with the, you know, <laughs> he's not in the Spain side anymore. He's got a manager that doesn't seem to know his ass from his tit in any sort of fashion. Um, and, He's made that big call by dropping him and Chelsea have been better off for it. He made the call to, to play Diego Lopez, as you alluded to, instead of Casillas in the league and he's retained his place and Casillas is still their, their cup keeper. So he has a he has a fantastic record of making big decisions and, and getting them right. I think it's... Well, and, and, and obviously, as Piliqueta as well, playing him at the moment at left-back ahead of Ashley Cole, you know, even last season, Ashley Cole was still, you know, Fantastic left back and one of one of the top left backs when when you when you think of them in the world, you know. Um, and I think I think you know initially people weren't sure about that call either, but he seems to have got that one right as well. And that's a big call, you know, the World Cup year. Um, oh, he's been a he's been a revelation, hasn't he? He's been absolutely fantastic for you this yeah. year. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's uh, he he sounds like something that 
that a British person would order off a menu on holiday in Spain, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> or have they, uh, unos as polo cuota, please, mate? They call him Dave, don't they? They call him Dave. It's, yeah. like, it's like the Villa fans calling uh, Anthony Luna Tony Moon, which I quite <laughs> like that one. Um, but yeah, so it's looking like you are the most convincing team for the title this year. City are obviously a, a, a very strong team, but t- to me it feels more like City are a team that... I, I'm I'm not overly convinced by Pellegrini, to be honest with you. Um, and it, it almost feels like they're, they're getting by a lot of the time on essentially just the raw strength of the squad that they have at their disposal, um, which I might even argue is stronger than Chelsea's. Um, <laughs> But I think you guys have much more of a game plan. I think you're a much more organised outfit than they are. Um, I think you're a lot more, hell of a lot more kind of efficient. Perhaps not quite as ruthless and, you know, caution to the wind as they are. But even still, um, I I mean, I I personally, I can't look past Chelsea for the title, to be honest. I think the the interesting thing is going to be because by the time we play, I think Saturday, I think they're playing Sunday. I mean, we could arguably be, you know, nine points clear of them, how will they react? And I know it's all they've got, obviously, the, the three games in hand, but the fixture congestion that they've got coming up, they've got the FA Cup, obviously, Champions League second leg. They've got to find uh, some somewhere to play these these three additional games that they're, they're now behind us. Um, you know, whether this is going to sort of have an accumulative effect and it's going to catch up with them. I'm not entirely sure, but, you know, when their fourth best striker is, uh, you know, Jovic and, and our top striker is Eto, you know, the, the kind of difference between, I think, as you were saying there, in terms of the strength of squads, I think that they've got more, far more firepower. Um, but I'm just hoping that Mourinho's just got a little bit more know-how in closing out league titles. That that may well be the difference, um, but I think it, it's probably going to be quite interesting. Um, and... You know, it, it will probably come down to Aston City. Um, I'm not wholly convinced by Liverpool. Um, you know, the first half against Southampton, they could have been three or four down at half-time um, by some sort of very poor finishing from Southampton. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that they will do it. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, quietly confident that with their fixture congestion, we might just pit them um, a point or two. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm ho- really, really hopeful on, on, on that respect. Do, do you know, do, you mentioned Liverpool there. I've, I've got to say, like... Or mainly because of where I grew up, as, as Freddie well knows, it, it is a predominantly Chelsea area. So I've I've always had the kind of the hatred for Chelsea more than I have for Arsenal. But still, for me as a Spurs fan, it's always been Chelsea and Arsenal. But I, I would honestly say this year, I, I just I, I cannot stand Liverpool. Like, I cannot I cannot stand them. Um, and it, it, I had to ask myself, you know, is this just because? they're essentially doing what we should have done this year, capitalising on Man United's de- demise and sealing yeah. a place in the top four. Undeniably so. There probably is a bit of jealousy there. But at the same time, it's just like the way their fans have been so silent for the past few years. And now they're just piping up again and acting like they're just yeah, the they best. All, they, oh. they, they all piped up in the last few days, haven't they? They've suddenly uh, come out of the woodwork a bit. Um, did, did anyone see the Adrian Durham article online today? Not, not that I would ever recommend reading Adrian Durham. But if you have... <laughs> I was going to say, do you want to get your coat, Joe? Or like, <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm fully aware that he's just sort of a click whore, but you know, I mean, he actually wrote a an article, ten reasons on why Liverpool should win the league title, and I think one of them, it was the eighth or ninth reason, was like the most preposterous nonsense I think I've ever read yeah. about Stephen Gerrard. But, I mean, it's all going to happen, you know, in terms of if they actually do win the league title, you will not hear the end of it until the beginning of next season. I just cannot, 
you know, I cannot really grasp or, you know, I wouldn't be able to get my head around the fact that they could win the league. I, I don't think that. With a defence like they've got, I, I really don't <laughs> think they can. Yeah. I, don't, I can't see them winning the league either. I mean, they're almost like the opposite to Chelsea, aren't they, Liverpool? Because they won't stop going on about their history and Chelsea won't stop <laughs> going on about their new version of theirs. So they're almost like the. If you like combined and almost did like an Arsenal type merger, you might actually get one whole club there. See, it might, be, might be as good as Man United. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely silence there, mate. Definitely silence. No, it's, uh, it's 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 water off the duck's back from a Northern Tottenham fan. So, <laughs> um, do you uh do you, do you attribute a lot of this uh, rise of Eden Hazard to Mourinho's stewardship, or do you think he was always going to be the the kind of player that he seems because he he. he it, that boy looks special, and not special in the derogatory way. Like he looks special <laughs> in a, in the completely opposite way. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, I, I don't know about Fred, but I mean, I, I think really this season, um, Mourinho is is obviously sort of got in his ear and and told him if you want to be a complete player, you might have to you know kind of put in a shift defensively. And actually, seeing him in some games chase back 30, 40 yards and put in a slide tackle is sometimes slightly more enjoyable than seeing him beat four people and stick it in the top corner you know he's he's really developing into a complete player I mean that piece of skill he did against Fulham was just outrageous but he's he's kind of developing that sort of that kind of dropper thing about him where he, when you need something to happen he tends to be the player that's doing it and it does tend to be in big games I mean I don't know what Fred thinks about that but I mean that's kind of what I, where I'm seeing Hazard heading to be really sort of the, the kind of the major t- you know obviously the major player in the team and what, kind of the one that you would look to to, to really turn it on in big games well, I, I, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I could only agree with that, really. I just think, you know, last season, when you think about, um, you know, some of the performances he put in, he, he often looked like he was very much playing for himself. Because um, yep. he, he is a selfish player. I mean, but he's, he's, that's, that's part of his, you know, part of his charm. That's, that's part of his, what makes him such a difficult player to play against. But certainly um, a marked mark difference in what you see from him this season is that he is tracking back. I think as well... Um, you know, you, you've got to say that when Mourinho is willing to to um, drop Chelsea's player of the season, the last two seasons, and, and then sell him on, you know, to United because he's surplus to requirements, um, that certainly give, would give a player who plays in sort of similar positions to him. You know, as one of those three who plays behind the one the one man up front, it certainly give a young player like Eden Hazard. You can imagine quite a bit of confidence in that the manager backs him. Um, and now I think because he does the extra work for the team and because he's he's all over the pitch, you see that when as soon as um, as soon as other players get the ball, they're looking for him. They're looking to get the ball to him, and you, you know you see that all the time. And, and when he gets the ball, I think defenders are now afraid of him. Whereas I think last season he was liable to run up blind alleys. He was liable to yeah, you know definitely. overcomplicate things. And, and and I think this season he's just he, he's looking much more like a kind of complete player. And a, you know you've got to put that down to Mourinho's work. I'd almost, I'd almost liken it to, um, and this isn't going to be very popular with you two, um, and probably a lot of our listeners, but Raj, Raj will know what I'm saying. Um, to Mr. Gareth Bale under AVB stewardship. I mean, Gareth Bale himself has said that it was pretty much AVB who pushed him onto that next level. Um, and I, I would say it, it, it appears that Edin Hazard and Mourinho have very much a similar thing as, as you've pretty much said there that it, yeah. he, he was a, 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 a raw, to call them raw talents is is not really accurate but to, nah. to, to, to say a, a player's gone from being a very very good player into a world-class footballer 
yeah. is is probably accurate. Um, and I mean, w- whatever you say about AVB, um, I've still got a lot of time time for the man. Um, I, 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 one of the things I feel that he he was establishing at Tottenham was just that we seemed we we had a system in place um, that wasn't always the best, but it was still there. But I I, I think what he definitely lacked that Mourinho has is more conviction in himself in what he was doing. And I, I think that's ultimately his undoing that filters down with AVP that when he does get these, for example, if you, if you liken Mata and Adebayor, the way in which the two things have been handled, Mourinho just openly said, look, you know, I've, I've told one, you know, he's a great player. We love having him here. He's a great footballer. But at the same time, I've got other players that I'd rather play. You know, and he was yeah. he was always very upfront about that. And even when the press would say to him, you know, he saw countless interviews when the press would say to him, "Why the hell aren't you playing one matter?" He would just openly say, "Because I think Oscar works better. I think yeah. I, I think Oscar works better." And he, he, you could see he was just he was convinced in himself and what it was that he was doing. With AVB, it, it kind of felt at times that when people would pose these questions to him, he it, it, there was just that glint of, why am I doing that, actually? Or, you know, stop stop asking me these questions. Stop trying to force yeah. me into a hole. Stop trying to make me commit to saying something when he, he maybe could have just at times said, look, you know, me, <laughs> whatever's happened with me and Adebayor, there's a personal thing there. Um, if we can work it out, then, of course, I'll put him in the team. But for the time being, I think to playing him, would have a negative effect on the team. That's all you needed to say, but it, it just got built into such a big issue and there was so much kind of guff around it that it, it just it all seemed the, the, to implode on him. They're very different personalities, though, aren't they, ABB and, and Mourinho? Of course, yeah, yeah. In terms of... Um, oh, they're all Portuguese, mate. They're all the same, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you know. You know how it is, mate. Uh, yeah, well, uh, Mourinho, I, I think Mourinho with his history as well, you know, and, and the fact that he he has a following at Chelsea already in the dressing room. Mourinho, I think, can show up. I mean, it's, it's certainly an advantage that we're seeing this season. Mourinho's been able to show up, you know, hit the ground running, and he's able to, to make these big calls without losing the dressing room because people back him, because people have seen the success that he's brought to the club in the past and, you know, the success that he's brought to other clubs. And don't get me wrong, you know, we, we all know AVB's um, track record before the Premier League was, you know, w- w- was impressive. But I think uh, as as such a young manager coming into Tottenham, and obviously this is more your yard than it's mine, I don't know everything about it, but, you know, if you, if you show up there and, and, and try and instigate these changes that, r- that ruffle people's feathers a bit... Um, if you haven't got that kind of backing and that kind of um, heavyweight sort of conviction, you know, in, 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 the, in the changes you're making, I think you can lose that, that dressing room and that, that sort of respect. I think I the think, biggest difference between... Rambling, go on. No, no, I was just saying, I think I rambled a bit there. You guys go on. <laughs> no, it's fine. I think the, the biggest <laughs> difference between Mourinho and uh, AVB for me, you, you, you dwelled on it, but the, the difference in their age... Um, can't be can't be looked um, down on too much because I think there's 15 years between them now. Mourinho being 51 and AVB's only just got about 36, which is ridiculous given how much he's done already in the game and the experience he has. But the younger, youngest manager to win the Premier League, as you, as you well know, is Mourinho when he was 42 in his first season. So that's another six years of experience that AVB would have to have under his belt in top flight management before he was in a similar position to Mourinho was when he won it. 
and that game time, uh, like it or not, is where Mourinho, where um, not just Mourinho but other managers cut their teeth in giving experience. I mean, you've seen it with with Ferguson when he when he got older, he may not have got involved with the coaching side as much, but he had the experience behind him to get there, and that's why people tend to want older, more figurehead managers with more established names at the clubs. Why why we're so heavily linked with the likes of Van Gaal. Is because people more feel more comfortable under under older hands, don't they? Which is why I mean, in the, oh. <laughs> well, you know, as you were, it has been a wing of floating about, so you might want to cut the YouTube chat. Just <laughs> Hashtag Ask Wenger. It's, oh, yeah. that's, that's a good bit of comedy going there. Sorry, Raj, carry on, mate. Before we start talking about, it's Arsene all right. The, the, the paedophile interlude was perfect timing. Mean, no, no, you can't say uh, the alleged, <laughs> the alleged man of questionable character. Yeah, the uh, the Operation U Tree. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, as I was saying, I think it's just a, a matter of age and experience. I think um, AVB will be good in time. I mean, there's there's odd things about him that you can't question that I, I tend to look past because he's so dashing and handsome, and I I look into his eyes and I get a bit gooey inside. It's a touchline squat, isn't it? It's not just that. It's his <laughs> it's, it's his suits and his hair and you know his beard and how well he looks after himself and. And then you've fucking got Tim Sherwood in his gilet that he's nicked from the club <laughs> shop beforehand, and you kind of you look. Yeah, they fucking, <laughs> apparently I didn't know they existed until Tim started fashioning them on the touchline every week. He's uh, I, uh, God, that I man. We, I think we just have must have like a loading bulk that nobody's ever bought. So Levy in one of the contractual things that he's dished upon him is he has to wear a different one every week just so we get through with him. There's, do, do you ever see? I think Chris Chris Ramsey puts them on every now and again. Um, have you have you ever seen Liz Ferdinand in a gilet? That's that's a, that sounds like a really long Twitter hashtag there. But have you have you seen Les Ferdinand in a gilet? I don't know hashtag. Um, have you have you seen Les Ferdinand in a, in a gilet? Perhaps when he was smashing up the Blue Peace Garden, right? If we, um, I think you you haven't gone a week yet since Les Ferdinand's been our assistant manager without mentioning the Blue Peter Garden. I love it though. I, I actually I love the fact that. Him and his mates just for a jolly jumped over the wall. Have you ever seen the Blue Peter interview after? Not interview, but the the, the presenter the next week when they kind of talked to the kids saying like, now you might have seen in the papers some very naughty men came to the Blue Peter Garden. And I can just imagine like Les and, was he with Ian Wright or someone like that? And they smashed it Oh, was it? Arsene Wenger just happened to be at the, uh, the Blue Peter Studios <laughs> at the time. Um, All right, leave know. it out. He sleeps on the floor, never ever on the bed. <laughs> what? Oh, was that Michael Jackson, wasn't it, that slept on the floor, never on the bed? I'm just getting my paedophiles mixed up. Alleged <laughs> alleged paedophiles mixed up, sorry. Jesus, Jason. Uh, all that. But, all right, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's steer it back towards... The horrible southwest we, we, London. We were talking about Les Ferdinand there, but he, he, did you guys catch the ridiculous um, quote he had in the the one time that Tottenham let him go speak to the press, and he oh, hasn't since don't. when he called uh, Claude McAuley the worst thing to happen to English football. Yeah, did... <laughs> I, I've got to admit that. I mean, I actually thought someone it was like a, an Onion article or some sort of complete <laughs> wind up from Sabotage Times or something along those lines, but. Uh, when I found out it was the gist of it, I don't really kind of understand because surely you've got like Sandro and Capu and probably another couple of players just sitting there thinking that we're never going to play now. Like, Yeah, he managed to alienate half of our squad with the comments, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, I just, just didn't understand it. I mean, you know, McAuley was 
kind of like revolutionary in, in well he's got a position named after him I mean I don't know how that's necessarily a bad thing to make the Premier League divert away from four four two, but you know I'll, I'll just leave it there I, I think I think I think essentially like in a very inarticulate fashion he was trying to make the point that the, the Premier League has become much more defensive a game because of Claude McAuley because people saw how effective he was yep. how brilliant he was it slowed down the pace of the league but just no, <laughs> like just, just, just don't say that. Like just, I, I don't know. It's very. I mean, it's a very bizarre thing to, to say. To bring it back onto Chelsea, I mean that that away win at Manchester City in the league was just an advert for holding midfielders. I mean, yep. Nemanja Matic was fantastic, and I mean, I think you've inadvertently done us a favour by buying him back off Benfica because we don't have to play him twice now, so they'll be somewhat easier to play against. I tell you, he looks brilliant. He looks like he the way he's just come into the Premier League again slotted into that Chelsea team, he just looks absolutely incredible. He's he's great on the ball as well. On it, like he yeah. just he, he just looks fantastic. He looks really good. I've got a lot of, a lot of time for him. And, and another player that I was trying to segue in um, was Willian. Um, yeah. Willian? 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 I don't know. Um, I'm not trying to make a shit Black Eyed Peas joke there, by the way, um, which I've seen a lot of people do. But yeah, the the, the nearly man of Tottenham Hotspur has become a very good good player for you, which is quite annoying to see, to be honest. Um, yeah. How, 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 how are you rating him so far, guys? I've, I've never seen... I don't think I've actually seen a player at Chelsea, maybe since Essien in his pump, who just does so much running. But purposeful running. It's not just sort of like Jordan Henderson or Milner just sprinting, you know, 15 miles a game up and down the flank. He's, his movement, his awareness, his ability to find space... The fact that he's, you know, when we played him in the Champions League, I thought he was just this amazing attacking talent. But the way he can, you know, he can close players down. The, you know, I, I think Mourinho, I think, actually kind of inadvertently made him man Mark Torre when we played against him. Every time Torre touched the ball, William would almost sort of pincer him from behind and Matic would kind of come from the front and they would pinch the ball for him. But he's, he's just, he really has been just an incredible signing. I mean, he took a while to get going. Um Definitely needs to add goals and definitely needs to be a bit more greedy. I think when he's around the area because he's got a great he's got a great strike on him. But who did he? You know, he scored one against Norwich, wasn't it? An absolute clinker. Yeah. yeah, but he's um you know I think he's been absolutely you know superb and particularly going into another season. Um, you know him and and Hazard really kind of give you two two. You know William potentially isn't world class, but he's exceptionally good in terms of you know Premier League quality. But he's a really good kind of foil for Hazard because he can do all that kind of running and he gives you a bit of defensive stability. He just needs to be a bit more greedy for me. How about you, Fred? What, what do you make of the lad? Yeah, you know, um, well, weird thing is, I probably shouldn't admit this. When we first um, when we first signed him, I actually wasn't massively convinced initially. Um, I didn't really see why we needed him because obviously we had we had one matter at that point, and um, I didn't really see what he was going to add. I felt it was more just to get under um, get under your guys' skin a bit, and um, it, it, exactly. yeah, well, yeah, it just seemed. I don't know. I, I wasn't massively convinced, and I, I, I'll tell you why as well because I was also a little bit skeptical of the fact that he's obviously done very well. At, um, uh, it was Shakhtar Donetsk, wasn't it? That he was yeah. playing at before. Um, you know, Ukrainian league, whatever. You know, I wasn't massively convinced, but yeah, I had lots of conversations with my brother. Soon to I'll... be Russian league. Um, no, sorry, that's probably a bit distasteful, isn't it? No, no, no. Well, you look where 
If you look where Donetsk is, actually, it's in a, it's in a very pro-Russian part of Ukraine. But that's neither here nor there, really, is it? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, w- William, he's got a lovely face, great smile. Um, he's he very photogenic. I, I, I follow him on Instagram. He's a, he's a nice guy. It's, um, it's, it's pretty much a Chelsea, Chelsea fan's dream, though. Scouted by Liverpool, fl- flown over and <laughs> given his medical by Tottenham and then signed hates, by Chelsea. He hates Tottenham, you know. That's what, that's what, um, that's what the Matthew Harding stands thing about him. He, just, he hates Tottenham. What is the chat unless it's anti-Semitic or something? Because uh, I, know, I know what you lot are like. It's not anti-Semitic, but it's quite long. And probably it's probably only factually yeah. fact accurate. I mean, William probably hates like Botafogo or, you know, junior old Newell boys or some random team in Brazil. <laughs> probably doesn't hate Tottenham. But he um, doesn't even know who we are, which is possibly well, he, more... He different. probably doesn't even know that the song is about him, to be fair, because you yeah. only say the word Will I Am and it, 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 it is that joke that you mentioned earlier. It, it, it is, yeah. It has to play into the song at the start of the song and then um, the rest of it's just he hates Tottenham he hates Tottenham yeah you know I mean and there's, there's quite a long convoluted verses that's but... quite articulate for Chelsea he hates Tottenham he hates Tottenham that's <laughs> fantastic yeah <laughs> well he does you know it's just, you can't you can't argue with the truth there really wouldn't uh, you say no, Raj it, sorry mate yeah carry on well, well, sorry, can I, just, just to finish off what I was, uh, my, my long roundabout way of saying was actually at the start of the season I was backing Andre Schurler to be more of a, a to make more of an impact in the Premier League because he can't a... be serious. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was backing on. <laughs> I thought he was more of a direct player. I thought he was. Um, I, I just rate the German league probably a bit more than I do the Ukrainian league. Call me call me crazy, but I, I, I felt like he was going to make more of an impact as a um, as, as as a kind of Premier League player, also as a Mourinho player. But actually, I've, I've been proven completely wrong. You know, as we were saying, w- Williams all over the place. He tracks back. He he seems to have, have uh, just just been taken under Mourinho's win. I think he does. He just works so hard. He's, he's he's fantastic. He's been a revelation, to be honest with you. And I've been eating, my brother has been laughing in my face because I've been eating my words about him because I thought he was a waste of time when we first got him. If I'm completely honest. Eating your words and, a, and an array of cured meats, no doubt, Freddie. Always, always. I just got back from France where I've been eating lots of cured meats. So, is, um, it, is it those horrible little batten de bergs that smell a bit like semen? I ate, I ate so many of those. What's the cured drive, meat? It was about a nine-hour drive all Posh the way. pepperamis, Raj. Was it like um? <laughs> no, it's, it's think pepperami, but it's a little bit more coarse. <laughs> what do you get? Lot, what, what's it called in garlic. Morrison's? Is it called like smoked or unsmoked ham? You, you, you'd probably call it chorizo. Oh, chorizo. You, you get yeah. it from deli and that. That kind of malarkey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, but... yeah, Matheson's might do a kind of UK equivalent. <laughs> in, in a weird curl shape. Is it, is it, it's, it's, uh, is it Matheson's Fridge Raiders? Those horrible <laughs> little, like, lovely <laughs> constituted chicken's feet. Like. <laughs> um. Yeah, but William, he, he, Raj, you can't, you can't deny he's pretty much exactly what we would have needed, really. Uh, we could have done with him. I don't think we would have signed <laughs> the likes of, uh, I mean, yeah, fucking obvious we could have done with him. We could have done with fucking all the other ones that we've had robbed off of over the years. I mean, there's that famous story of if you hadn't won the Champions League, we already had Eden Hazard on some sort of yes. pre-contract or what have you. And 
of a bollocks like that that I can't be arsed dredging back up. But uh, yeah, we could have done with him, as I see. Um, I don't think we'd have signed the likes of Christian Eriksen had we signed him, because um, I don't think we would have would have pushed the budget there. I think uh, economically, Christian Eriksen, given that he's he's a, a few years younger, a good few years younger, I think uh, a handful, and uh, given that we we signed him for a third of the price, he may in time be a, a better investment. Uh, he's more in in air quotes a Levy signing as you were because he'd. He'll, we'll probably sell him on in a few years when we struggle to reach the ambitions of a, a player of his stature when he's you know twenty three, twenty four, and we'll sell him on for a profit as is our want. Um, but you know, it's it comes and they go really. I'm 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 not going to miss a player that we don't have, although he's doing fantastically at Chelsea. Um, I don't think um, he suits the the current system that Sherwood's playing, um, <laughs> which is what fucking run around. <laughs> 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 You're not allowed to say that, Jack. We, we have to keep. Oh, we're not allowed to say. It. We have to keep Exeter's a fucking disgrace, solid front, it? a solid Jesus front we're behind Tim and his gooner tattoo. We we love the man and his fucking gilet. Is that, is that true? Is that is that true that he's he's proper Arsenal? He's proper. Yeah. No, the fact that he's proper Arsenal, the tattoo's debatable. I, I seem to. I, I've heard enough about it now to think that it's probably there. And like, I've seen the look in his eyes, like whenever he gets asked a question that's beyond what's your name, and he looks like he's watching his fucking house burn down in the distance. <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. But his his entire family are all Arsenal season ticket holders, and it's it's oh, it feels disgusting to admit it, but it's it's horrible. He he even made like a a small joke about it, didn't he? Before we played Arsenal, they're like, "Oh, do you want Arsenal to win this game because it might do better for you?" And he had a bit of a cheeky wink and a nod to one of the. Sunday papers and was like, oh, it's a Mate, hard the, choice for me. The only joke I thought he made before the Arsenal game was naming Bill Bentaleb in the starting lineup. But you know, there you go. Uh, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't carry on on this one. Um, I just did you say you're not particularly happy with Sherwood the pair of you? Is it your Benitez for a comparative? Uh, no, because uh, Rafael Benitez has a fucking Champions League winners medal. I don't know what Tim Sherwood's done beforehand other than wash our youth players' boots. <laughs> He's just—he's a ridiculous comparison. Rafa, I'd take Rafael Benitez now over Tim Sherwood. We've got a crackpot team of Tim Sherwood and fucking Les Ferdinand. It's disgrace. He's the never dreams. done anything. It's uh, but y- y- you know how it is, Joe. You know, voicing an opinion um, yep. about football. You know, you, you're not. What is it? You're you're regularly called a disgrace for saying that you quite like David Luiz, aren't you? Yeah. Um, I seem to get a lot of stick from, uh, you know, from sort of the regular people who just tend to give you stick for, you know, if you said the sky's blue, it's black, and, and these people are just, whatever reason, want to have a contentious opinion with you. Um, I make a thing of, of saying, you know, I'm not really one to dig out players, but, um, you know, some of the stick that Louise gets are mistakes that a lot of people make during games. I mean, we're talking about getting beaten on like a perfect cross by a striker, which probably most centre backs in the Premier League would get beaten on. And in fact, Terry did. Um, get beat, I think it was in the, what, a game probably two weeks later on, exact time, uh, exact same cross, exact same trajectory, play run across him, scored a goal, but, you know, obviously absolutely no mention of it. Not something that, you you know, you necessarily bring up with people, but it's, it's for me, it's, it's, it gets a little bit dull at times. Um, I'm sure, obviously, you've got players that you particularly like, but, you know, whether uh, in, in terms of Louise, my, my main thing really with him is, um, I think on an international level and probably outside the Premier League, he's going to be an absolutely fantastic centre-back. But in the Premier League, I think he's probably more 
uh, suited to a central midfield role. Um, again, I get a lot of stick for saying central midfield and not holding midfield. I don't think he's got the discipline to play there. But, uh, you know, when you pair him with someone like Matic, I mean, you can see the effect he had in the City game, uh, the Liverpool game at home, when we absolutely crushed him. Um, you know, I think he, he does need to be groomed into more of a box-to-box player. And I think really, you know, a lot of the fans are talking about going and, and spending, you know, 20, 30 million on Pogba or, you know, someone of, of that kind of calibre of player who who is genuinely box-to-box, can do everything. But, you know, we might have a, you know, a 30 million pound midfielder who is currently in the squad and has played very well there this season. It might just be worth persisting with him full-time there. But, so I surely, mean, if, you, if you're spending ridiculous money on that kind of box-to-box player and you're talking about Juventus, I, I'd go for Vidal over Pogba yeah, any day. No, yeah, he's, he, yeah, he's the, uh, you know, he's the obvious quality. I mean, he can, I think, you know, there was a stat, something recently, that he, you know, he leads Europe in tackles, interceptions, completion of passes in, in every third, or, you know, some ridiculous stat about him being essentially everywhere on the pitch. And, and, you know, they really missed him when they played Milan. Although they did win 2-0, they weren't in their kind of usual dominant self at the weekend. Um, you know, if, but the thing, I suppose, really, if we're looking at someone along, along those lines, um, which is, you know, a lot of the talk at Chelsea has been that that's, that's the kind of player that the club are after. Um, you know, we paid 20-something million pounds for Louise. You know, he's... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. As I'm saying, I think he's a very good international centre-back, particularly when he plays next to Thiago Silva. Um, but, you know, for me, and I think a lot of the stick that, that people send my way is, you know, he's a very good footballer. You know, you can he makes mistakes, but there's a lot to, to say for his drive and passion. He just, you know, he'll throw himself into tackles. He, you know, he bullies people. He's very good on the ball. He's aggressive when he's got the ball. You know, he'll try, he'll just constantly try, you know, forward passes. You know, very rarely do you see him play a simple pass. And, and really, you know, going a bit of a rant about him here, but I would, you know, I genuinely would like to see him play there a lot more often, particularly towards the end of the season. Is is what? Go on, mate. Go for it. I was going to say with with Louise, you'll you'll recoup that money because uh, today we had the the news that Carlos Puyol's going to be leaving Barcelona, and they're already short <coughs> enough at the back as it is, and yeah. you can imagine him doing very well in La Liga and, and playing that. He'd sort be of phenomenal. Out there, yeah, he would. He would be. You know, if you think yeah. in terms of. You know, the guy who plays the centre-back for the moment is well, probably Mascherano and, and maybe a PK or someone like that. But, you know, Luis in a league where he's not entirely, you know, depended on, on to defend. You know, he could bring the ball at the back as well as anyone in world football. The only problem I think we've got is that, that Mourinho really does seem to like him recently. You know, you can see the reaction, particularly after the Liverpool game where he interrupted the kind of interview, come up and really made a big sort of show to the cameras that he was really pleased with him. And I, I've, you know, I think really... 
if we're trying to build a squad that can can you know compete seriously next season in Europe, you need to have a player who can you know comfortably fit in, particularly in European football. He fits in well at the back and, and equally in midfield. So I think we'd be mad to sell him. A question, a, a question I'd like to chat to you lads actually is: Would you take Jan Vertonghen? Do you, do you reckon he's a decent player? Uh, I, I'd take him tomorrow. Yeah, um, no, I think he's. Um, for me, in terms of like Premier League defender, he's kind of like a, a sort of an, a, a kind of modern Terry. It's probably a horrible thing for you guys to hear, but no, <laughs> Terry is. Uh, I mean, it's in terms of in terms of his like style of defending, he's kind of more modern in terms of Terry. But he reads the game really well. He's really aggressive, you know, comfortable in the air. He, you know, he can clean people out when he needs to. He's got a bit of that sort of edge about him, which I like about centre backs. You know, all, all this sort of modern thing about having ball playing centre backs, you need someone in your back four who, if someone comes through and they can give them a dig and get up and, and they can go face to face with people and intimidate people a little bit. And I think Vertonghen does that quite well. Um, I think he's, he's, he is left footed, isn't he? You know, you could play him on the left with, you know, Louise or whoever on the right. Um, but I mean, yeah, we've, we've signed that Zuma kid from, from St. Etienne. So, you know, it's it's something that we, we you know, I think you would probably get in the team, Vertonghen, um, definitely next season. But um, you know, we, we've obviously gone to sign that, that beastly uh, kid from from France. So, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll uh, I'm getting conscious of time, so we've got a couple more things we want to talk about. Um, first of all, is is the game that's that's coming up? Um, I, we'll start from the Spurs perspective here, Raj. I I'm, I'm not holding much hope, mate. To be honest about this one, um, we've seen kind of every time we've played one of the the big teams, as it were, that. Sherwood's naivety, I would say, has has been shown up. Um, can you see much different here against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge? I reckon a point's the best that we can do. I reckon we've got about as much a point as me sending you a Snapchat in an hour of me being balls deep in Beyonce of getting three points at Stamford Bridge. <laughs> um, to be quite frank, um, I've got no hope. That was Frank. Of... That was Frank. What, Frank Lampard? No, well, no not him. No, um, but no, uh, I, I, no, I haven't got a, a hope in hell that we're going to get anything from there. As I say, a point's probably the best we're going to do. You lads, I mean, would you would you say that kind of Tottenham post Bale, Modric, Van der Vaart, Ledley King, because we we actually had those players a couple of years ago. <laughs> um, you, you, do you I, know, I, I mean, this this is wholly removed from. The, the very obvious rivalry and, and what I'll be thinking on Saturday, but it is fairly sort of on the cusp of this phenomenal team. I mean, you know, Modric has just gone on to be this completely dominant midfielder. He was at Tottenham, to be fair, but I mean, he's gone on to this sort of another level almost at Real yeah, Madrid. Oh, completely. And yeah, Fart, Bale, you know, I mean, you, you had the, the makings of a good back four, you brought in some sort of good, you know, obviously some good players. And to see that go from, from that, potential team to a kind of team of, of, of very good players but you were very you know you were on the cusp of being a very special team it must just be completely gutting and you know in terms of sort of London football I would much rather um, you know be battling out with, with you than Arsenal purely because their fans are complete idiots but you know I mean it's it's just one of those things really which must be um, you know, particularly this season when you know you've had a lot of tight games um, I know Tottenham are, are probably one of the only teams really in England that have a, a kind of style of football about the club that, that you know you expect to play attacking football and it, it just must be a little bit um, disheartening that you've gone from this phenomenal team to, to a team that is winning games but not necessarily playing particularly well or particularly attacking or you've kind of lost all your flair out of you 
Yeah, well, it's something we've spoken about at length on the pod. It, it, it feels like there's a, just a complete malaise over this season. That there's, there's many that just want to get this season over and done with because it's, you know, whatever happened under AVB, it was a very boring start to the season. Then we were kind of promised that, you know, it might not be as organised, it might not be as, you know, as airtight as it was with AVB, um, if you discount shipping like 11 goals to City and Liverpool um, under Sherwood. At least we're going to go for it. We're going to get a bit of swagger. We're going to get a bit of kind of caution to the wind. But, you know, barring the first couple of games we had under Sherwood, that, that's completely disappeared as well. That we, we just seem to be going through each game in a very monotonous fashion that there's no real invention or spark or understanding between our players. And it, it, it just feels like we've, we've lost a hell of a lot of our identity, most yeah. of all. Um, that once when we, we, we kind of, we, we had players like Bell, we had like Ledley King in particular, always there. Um, we had Sandro who has been obviously injured out for most of the season now. The, uh, players like that, these big personalities, and it's kind of it's all fallen onto the shoulders of Michael Dawson now, who kind of strikes me. I love him as I do. Strikes me as the kind of bloke that would, you know, probably struggles to tie his own shoelaces, um, let alone marshal a defence and be a leader to the whole team as well. Um, we've got a kind of a man that's not really. <laughs> that inspiring a leader we've we've got a lot of off-pitch stuff we've got stub hub going on um where yeah. all of our fans are kind of essentially ripping one another off yeah um you know we've we've we we we're, we're facing these kind of like you know the the abandonment from the club on the the y word issue which you know we won't go into too much um but it's just a lot of things yeah they took the kind of the drum away from the supporters they can't take any flags into the stadium like just all these silly little things that have kind of built up that it's just left so many people within the ground just like thinking what what who is this team now who who are they we've got all these new players in that haven't gelled we've got this weird manager and it's it is like you say it's just a bit of a, a a black hole and you try to be positive about it you do and you, you you know you want to see us still do well i'd love to see us still have a real go at the europa league um although even even that is a a point of contention you have some fans who say oh we should just throw it we should just throw it and concentrate on finishing in the top four but whatever it's where's it's, where, where's the final for that this year i don't know actually do you know, Raj? Uh, no. <laughs> there we go, we're shit fans. Um, <laughs> Why would we look towards the final? I mean, that's far too positive for Tottenham fans at this moment in time. I mean, uh, I mean, So we that, can book our tickets, mate. Yeah, to be slightly more positive on the whole thing. I think with the current squad, we've got a genesis of a, a, a germ of, of something slightly positive there. I mean, it's not quite... Modric and Van der Vaart as the the players that they were, but we we've sort of got similar sort of players a few years behind. I mean, as... don't say Bentele, <laughs> not Bentele. I've got no idea who he is. But I actually love Bentele. <laughs> we've got Eriksson and Holtby and you know, Hugo Lloris is one of the best keepers in the league, and Sandro, as he says, is fantastic. We've not seen enough of Eric Lamella to write him off, and he's you know he's twenty two years old. I think it might even be today's birthday. So. Um, he's only he's still a kid. Um, all up and down the, the squad, we've got a, a you know 
Vertonghen's there and Kirikesh is only 24 and Carl Walker's been much better this season. We we definitely need a new left back because one of them's a fucking idiot on loan at QPR and the other one's Danny Rose that can't stay fit whatsoever. And then you've got Carl Norton that on occasion doesn't look like he's ever seen a fucking football before. So it's, you know, there's, there's, there's areas that need improving for definite. They're probably the same areas that needed improving under the last squad, in all honesty. We've probably replaced just about as well as we could the players that we've lost. And uh, most of those we couldn't avoid. I mean, Ledley King, his knees were, were, were shot well before he retired. Raphael van der Vaart's gone to Germany, started beating his wife, and he's got fat and he's in the relegation zone at the moment. Um, and, you know, Modric and Bale are... are at Madrid, uh, essentially. Galacticos. Yeah, I mean, when they start coming knocking, I mean, you, you don't turn them down. Um, a club like Tottenham, I mean, we've got this special arrangement apparently with them, which just feels like they've got, you know, the keys to our belt buckle so they can pull our pants down whenever they feel the feel the fucking want to. So it's, I mean, at the same time, it feels shit at the minute because we're not doing as well. Um, it can quite easily go better should we, you know, make the necessary changes in the summer and what have you, and and slowly start to build an identity back within the squad. Because I think all the jokes we make about Sherwood, I think with him being so inexperienced, that's the one thing he misses the most is having his own coaching identity. Because you can see week on week that he's he's essentially learning the craft and the job for himself because he's never yeah. done it before to any sort of level. Um, you're probably seeing a, a similar sort of thing with Di Matteo, even though he's his experience when he had when he, when he took the job at Chelsea was was much better than than Sherwood's was because he's never managed top flight before, never mind a first team in in any sort of capacity. So it's um it's 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 a strange season. I mean, we'll probably end it in a in a in a downward spiral as we usually do. And uh, the see, the summer will end up being one of those summers, and next year will always end up being the next year. So it's you know it's a it's a similar vicious circle for Tottenham that you know uh, we at, at least Arsenal are on their way down as well. Right. We can all celebrate that. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, who, who are you guys looking at in the summer for for management? Are you looking at Van Gaal? Van Gaal, pretty much. Yeah. A, a lot of people say it's actually a done deal as well. Okay. So you know we'll see, but what. How are you guys going to like? We'll take it on to Chelsea. How how are you guys going to line up? You got any injuries at the moment? Fred, do you want to take that? <laughs> Shit, man, over here. Uh, no, uh, no, nobody's the answer, Jack. Apart from the obvious uh, one. Uh, is Fred still? Fred, are you there, mate? I'm here. I'm here. I'm like- oh, sorry, just the, the connection sort of dropped off a bit there, mate. Um, yeah, have you got any injuries or out there, Joe? Um, I don't think so, no. And and uh, I think even Van Hinkle, sort of a guy who's had quite high hopes of this season, is, is back to training now, which is a good thing, really, for him, because he had quite a nasty injury. So I think we're we're pretty much there or thereabouts. Um, though, obviously, we're recording this before the international break, so I'm, I'm hoping that uh, no one takes a fancy to Eason Hadder's uh, knees and, and takes him out during the Belgium game. But, you know, I think uh, hopefully we're looking full strength for Saturday. How, how are you going to line up? Sorry for a bit. What were you saying? No, I was just saying. Just I think Van Hinkle had his first training session today, back from like first full training session today, and uh, he was player I was really excited about the start of the season. So it's good to see him coming back. It's yeah. good to see like rivalry and everything aside. You don't want to see like a young player that's with a massive amount of ability like that kind of suffer any kind of career-ending injuries. And it, it did look a bit dicey for a while, didn't it? It was a horrible one. 
Um, but yeah, how, yeah. How, yeah. How, how would you guys see yourselves lining up um, to face us? Um, I think. Go, go, Fred. I think, I think so, so, one thing that Marina has to be doing very much is actually rotating an awful lot. I'd, yeah. I'd like to see Andre Schuller start because I, I, I think, you know, the back of getting a hat trick against Full, I'd just like to see him. But then I like Andre Schuller, I've got, I've got a soft spot for him. So um, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Mourinho didn't start him. But, um, you know, we'll see. I, I would I would imagine the team is probably going to be uh, Czech in goal, uh, Ivanovic at right back, probably Cahill and Terry at the back, uh, Aspi at left back. Um, I think he'll probably go, because um, you've got some quite big players in midfield, I think he'll go uh, Louise and Matic in midfield. And I think, uh, you know, Fred's right, I think he might reward Schürrle with, with a start. So I'd, I'd go Schürrle, Hazard and William behind maybe Torres. Um though he does seem to favour Eto at home. So, I mean, it, it kind of, I suppose, really depends on, on how he's feeling with the strikers. But it's, uh, it, it's a pretty decent team and, and quite a few of those guys are in form at the moment. So, I, I'm obviously, I'm quite looking forward to it. Um, you yeah. got, any, got any predictions on the score at all? I, I never do score predictions, but I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for a 1-0. I'll take 1-0 to the end of the season. But um, it's going to be interesting. I think, uh, you know, if, if Sherwood plays, I don't know if he's been playing the 4-4-2 that recently, but we've we've really sort of dominated any people that have come and, and tried to play two in the middle against us. Um, you know, Liverpool was a very good case in point when they came to us and tried to play two in midfield for the first half. We probably played as well as we had done that season, you know, uh, kind of up until that point. Um, so I'd be very interested to see uh, really what Sherwood's was doing in, in terms of that. If he plays two in midfield, we could, we could have a, a good game and maybe win by two. Uh, if he matches in midfield, um, it'd be quite interesting. I'm, as I'm saying, I'll, I'll take a one nil here. How about you, Fred, mate? Uh, I don't think you guys are going to score at the bridge um, on, on our current form, and I think because Mourinho, I think, has got the edge. Uh, I reckon we'll, I reckon we'll just get the one and then sit on it. To be honest with you, um, that seems to be Mourinho's style at the moment. So I, I think that's 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 the way it will go. Maybe, maybe we'll get a second, but I, I just I just can't see uh, I just can't see us, us I can't see us conceding at the bridge. I may well be completely wrong, but you know that's football, isn't it? What about you, Raji boy? What a scar prediction? Yeah. Um, two, maybe three nil uh, to Chelsea. Um, uh, uh, if we were scar, it'll most likely be through Adibayor. Um I, mean, I can't, I can't predict the, the team he'll play because it changes week upon week. I mean, depends if Christian Eriksen's fit because I think the Danish FA have come out and said that they they're not going to be risking him against England tomorrow night. So that might be playing into our hands a bit more but um it as as Joe alluded to it depends who we get back from the international break fit and who's who's crocked and whatnot and and the the, the team he decides to play in and things like that. I mean, as I said before, I'm I'm not at all hopeful for this one. Um I mean more, not the fact that it's Chelsea but it's more Mourinho. I don't think Mourinho's gonna be be letting himself slip to um to a manager that's as is so inexperienced as Sherwood. Well, there we go. Um, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to have to say two 0 Chelsea. I think. Sorry. Well, we've got a good record. Every time that you predict us to lose, we manage to actually do something better. So, I mean, there's there's always that precedent to cling on to. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, I tell you what. 
<laughs> Let's just to, to end it to end the show, lads. I'm gonna just ask just a, a few questions um, about football in general. Football in general, and uh, just say limit the answers to about thirty seconds in total. Okay. okay. So I'll start with I'll start with you, Joe. Is there a downside, if any, to safe standing? Uh, yeah. Um, I've got quite a few small cousins who I take to football. Um, potentially, they might not be able to see it, but you know, it's too, it's too big to ask in, to, in thirty seconds. Unfortunately, and there are downsides, but I think there are absolutely massive positives. And for me, the positives outweigh the negatives. Raj, are Chelsea going to win the Premier League? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Now you got one word answer. How's that? Fred, who's been the best player in the league this year? Uh, I think Luis Suarez. Oh, I feel sick saying that. I think Luis Suarez. I think he's been incredible. Um, I'll, I'll go back to Joe. Do you think Tim Sherwood was a good appointment for Tottenham or should we have kept AVB? Uh, I, I think you'd probably be better off with AVB. Um, I don't know if, if long term if it would have worked out, but I think you probably would be definitely be playing playing better than, than with Sherwood now. Um Maybe it would have clicked. I don't know, but I, I would have kept him around. We've got um, a few. Um, we've got a few questions from the fans as well that um, we'll throw at you afterwards. Perfect. <clears throat> Jack, you ready? Go for it, mate. Um, uh, I, I, none are particularly that constructive from what I've had a look through. None whatsoever, but that's half the reason I the, want to ask I you them. There's, um, there's one that I found that was quite decent, um, which was. Is it true that Chelsea buns are actually just are actually just filled with spiders with their legs pulled off as opposed to currants? That's from it, at all underscore spurs. It's completely true. It's been a massive conspiracy for the past sixty years, and, and I'm quite disappointed that it's now been uncovered. Um, we've got. I'll tell you what. We've got one from um, from my my lady friend's cousin who is actually a Chelsea fan who is at Daffy Kyle that says, dear Chelsea fans, what does it feel like being the only team in London to win a European cup? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's great. It's, it's really, really good. Yeah. Thanks for asking that question. Fred wasn't too happy about it. He already said at the start of the season. So yeah, Yeah. the start of the show. So huge disappointment. (laughs) was that we didn't make a profit that season. I was so disappointed. Uh, I'll tell you, here's, here's a sort of decent one. Um, at Phil Walker 8 asks, do you actually remember the time before you were a really successful team? He he just calls it the time before. I do. I remember when, I remember having a sticker for Glenn Hoddle as, uh, oh. I think he was even player manager. He was, yeah. Yeah, and I... I I also remember playing, I think it was FIFA 96, and we had Mark Steen up front. Steen up um, the <laughs> But that's literally as far, that, that's, that's where my memory starts, really. I remember us playing players like, oh, Ambrosetti. I remember Lambord. Um, I remember playing some yeah, absolute donkeys. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's the, uh, the early 2000 team. I, my memory probably stretches back to about 94. But I mean, we were kind of, kind of how we are now. We, we, had this knack of beating United quite yeah. regularly, but then we would get smashed by Coventry or Bradford or someone completely rubbish, which is sort of happening this season where we're quite comfortable in big games, but we kind of lose to the Stokes in this one. So there's, there is some sort of symmetry between that kind of early 
quite mediocre Chelsea team with the likes of Furlong up front, who is possibly still the worst player I've ever seen play for Chelsea. Um, and, and obviously Torres. So, you know, it's quite weird how, how things pan out. Here we go. Uh, here's a good one from Anthony Ashton, um, who is at Anthony Ashton 1. He says, how are you finding evolution? <laughs> The evolution of Chelsea or just evolution in general? Uh, I, I think he might be suggesting that Chelsea fans are... Pond life. Yeah, there you go. Ah, oh, OK, yeah. Um, being you know, someone who is... Plausible uh, thumbs and things. OK. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. I, I never really get the Chad thing. I really, really don't. I mean, it'd be great if, some, if someone actually... One of your, they'll probably come and give me some PE stuff. They could actually explain it um, using proper sentences. Um, and also if they can kind of juxtapose Tottenham... And the sort of you know kind of West London that Chelsea's in that 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 would also be quite nice. So I think that'll give me some colour on the uh, on the situation. I'll run through some of the uh, the less um, constructive ones if you want, Jack. If you're trying to be uh, democratic. Let's go. <laughs> uh, well, I, I just I just don't really see what we're going to get from some of them, to be honest, mate. I'll know. get a small sense of satisfaction after the European Cup question, to be quite. Go honest. On, yeah, go on then, go on then. Um, what do you intend to do with your own Man United shirts? Really. Yep, that's that's one of the ones we've got in. These aren't off the top of my head, I promise. These are, these who was that from? Bro, I just sat there and thought I'm going to ask really ridiculous questions. I've been, I've been planning these for a week, actually. But uh, <laughs> no, no, that's from at Russell French. Um, I, I've got a one matter eight United shirt, if that, if that comforts him. So, yeah. It's, it's, uh, Do you it's really? Fun. No, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> so I'm quite, quite happy you were really, you were really brought in by the sarcasm there. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, what would I do in my Man United shirt? Absolutely no idea. Born and bred, unfortunately. Uh, Johnny Walzak <laughs> says, "How do you live with yourself?" Quite well, actually. Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty nicely actually in West London. <laughs> yes, it's, it's quite a nice it's part of the world. Yeah. I don't know. You mean. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't recommend writing there, but yeah, it's it, you, you might get a few kids. A few kids from Clapham might get a bit Larry, so you never know. But uh, Ledney King says, um, "How how afraid are you of playing against Norton and Friars?" <laughs> Oh, I don't even know what Friars is, so I, I, I'm going to be very afraid. Um, Ezekiel Friars is this lad that he, he must be about 19, 20 now, that we went through this whole thing where we wanted to buy him from Man United, but Fergie didn't want to sell him directly to us. So Daniel Levy, supposedly, allegedly, because you know, this is one of the ones where he probably will try and sue us if we say this, um, apparently helped fund, uh, I can't remember which Belgian side it was, uh, he he helped fund a Belgian sign by him for half a season, and then the following January, once he'd gone from Man United to Belgium, we then subsidised the money that the Belgian team played, and then bought him from there. So he went all nice. around the houses for this lad to you know go past Fergie, and he's not looking the brightest of prospects at the minute, even though he's, he's young. I mean, it's, it's Tottenham luck. It's Tottenham luck. He just looks like he's not really a footballer, doesn't he? He, he just he doesn't. I know it sounds really harsh, but he doesn't look like he moves like a normal person. Just his entire body moves unnaturally. It's really strange. Did, did United sell him to the team in Belgium, and they kind of because no one really knew about? It, did they just swap him with one of their other academy players and just give you this is you know this is Ziki Fry's Jedi mind sort of style and just you know this is the player you want. Are we signing from who's it? And- Anderlecht? No, was it? it wasn't Anderlecht. Um, let me. Right, Antwerp. Yeah, it may have been them. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really odd. 
uh, that we went around the house because it wasn't even like it was well hidden. I mean, everyone yeah. knew what they were doing. Uh, Standard Liège that he went to played seven times for Standard Liège before we bought him. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I think Man United even complained afterwards because it was so so obvious because we just sort of sidetracked any sort of compensation that we had to pay them and um, just sort of levelled it out with this with this Belgian side. Uh, l- let me find some of the some of the rest of you. Um, that one's boring. Um, uh, this is from Tim Grigg, uh, who says, "What is your favourite ever Terry family controversy or wrongdoing?" <laughs> Oof, um, there's quite a few to choose from, actually. Um, what's my favourite one? Well, uh, <coughs> oh, oh, I was in I was in Isha High Street when he parked his car in a disabled bay. That's, Disgrace. That's pretty as Disgrace. Family, Awful. The big Bentley. Jack, you remember Isha High Street, don't you? I, I do, mate. I do. It's no, naughty, naughty ends around there. Um, we can't really oh. say much more than that, can we? Well, uh, you know, the girl from our school who uh, did a kiss and tell with him. That's true, yeah. That was the early days, though. That was when he was, that was, when he was about... He was probably about 19. Then I think if if you guys ever remember the story, there was a yeah, there was a girl who she did the kiss and tell to the papers, and her actual quote, which I'm sure her father was proud of, um, <laughs> was uh, was uh, I went to the England team hotel. Uh, he shagged me and then went to join the rest of the team, and I ordered a pizza and watched Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> You sound like you went See, to a lovely yeah, school. At least, at least Terry likes classy birds. I mean, you can't really deny anyone. Anyone who likes only fools and horses eats class. So you know you can't uh, knock him. That's true. That's true. We won't say her name for legal and social reasons, but um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was. Did you pulled her as well? Didn't you, Fred? Did you stir no, Terry's no, custard? This got really, this no, is, I think. I think Freddie stirred JT's custard. No, 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 no way. No, as, no. As, well, a, as no John way, Terry had yeah. your sloppy seconds. No, um, uh, no. I was just about to tell another story there, but I thought I probably won't tell that one. No, um, no, he hasn't. Go on, tell the story. Well, I was going to say one of your one of your ex players has Jack. Uh, really? Who? What? I can't. I, you know, I can't. I actually oh, can't. Just say it. We're, we're not going. Nobody legally listens to this. We'll just say allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Yeah. Um, uh, old Mr. Jermaine Genesis has followed in in Freddie's footsteps. Really? It was just it was just a peck on the on the on the lip, so it was nothing. All oh, right. Oh, look at him, it'll be all coy. Well, it was actually, it was actually, Freddie. Go, I think you should tell a story of your oh. your your, un- <laughs> your unrequited love. The yeah, essentially, Fred. He 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 identified a young lady that he liked at university. I said, young lady. Twice in two weeks now, Raj. I'm, yeah. I'm showing it my age. Makes you age. sound like a proper forty-year-old man. Makes me sound like I'm on a Werther's original advert. But yeah. um, no, so yeah, Fred, the, the 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 object of his affection um, was kind of you know he he was working on this girl and he would always kind of give us reports back as you do when you're kind of eighteen, nineteen, be like, lads, you know this happened or we had a chat about this and I, I think it's going really well and I think something's going to happen here. Do I need to put, um, like, strings on this when I edit it? Do I need to put, like, soft strings in the background? No, because it, it just built to this point when he was like, I'm pretty sure soon, like, in the next couple of weeks or so, we're going to be boyfriend and girlfriend and that's boyfriend it. Boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> and then... <laughs> 
And then the I'm next report... I'll laugh at you, Freddie, if this still, like, it still resonates this with is This is all false. This, none of this actually happened. This did all happen. And then the next report we got back from him was, well, she's, she's going out with someone. We were like, oh, oh, well, that's a bit of a bolt out of the blue. And he's like, yeah, um, just a small matter of it being a, a Premier League footballer. Um <laughs> who, on the first time he came around, brought, like, a 50-inch flat-screen television, just like, oh, I've got a few of these, do you want it? No, no, he didn't He didn't actually bring it around. He, he said that he... What did he say? He, he offered it to her, because he, he was moving He was moving house, I think, and um, and, and she said, no, nah, no, nah, do you know what? We've already got a TV in our, in our house. We don't need it. And all of us were like, what? It's a TV, come on, you know. Anyway... Did, did you uh, it was a simple a, time then. It was a simple time. Did you give him a firm handshake when you met him, Fred? Were you like, did you show me, I'm, I'm boss? I met him once, and I remember just being just being in awe of how short he was. Like, he's not actually that short, but I always thought he was really tall and gangly and kind of... Uh, and he, I would just remember just... just and I think that's, that was probably... I mean, you know, I clearly made a big impression on him. Um, I just stood there amazed that he, he wasn't as tall as I thought he was. This, uh, this yeah, you know, discarded in between its scripts. <laughs> <laughs> it's going down that route a bit, isn't it? No, he, he was. Uh, no, I met. I met him once. I, I don't even think we exchanged any words. Did you have like a dartboard at home with his face on? No, no, no. I just watched him play football. I mean, he must have had a voodoo doll. It'd probably explain why he's uh, he's had so many knee injuries and in part of his career. It's probably all down to Fred's uh, unrequited love and voodoo. Did technique. I not mention? Kicked him in the knee. That's oh yeah, I kicked him in the knee a couple of times when he wasn't looking. <laughs> yeah. Full on drop kick. Enough, enough, right. I feel like I've humiliated myself quite enough now, actually. And, and, and you've done, you've done it on the podcast as well, which is fantastic. I wish I'd never mentioned this. Oh no. But, uh, well, there we go. Thank you very much for joining us uh, this evening, lads. Thank you. It's been. Thank you for having me. That's all right. It's that's well, what she what... said to Jermaine Jennings. Hey. <laughs> it's what I would call one of our one of our smelly fixtures, um, but you know I love it nonetheless. I love playing your horrible lot. I love playing the red lot. So it's a bit of a highlight, isn't it? Even if we do end up usually getting smashed, but yeah, um, I'll be sure to rub it in your faces both if we actually do manage to get a result on the weekend. But uh, yeah, thank you for joining us, lads. Okay. Right, Cheers. Bye. Right, so uh, I, I think we we can disinfect our clothes after this one, after having that horrible lot on the that horrible lot on the show. Um, you, smug bastards! No, you, you 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 can't help but imagine. Oh God, you know, Raj, like they're going to win the league. They they've won the Champions League. You know, it, it, uh, you know, uh, uh, should we be starting to get tempted by money? Is has has have have the goalposts? And this isn't my opinion, but I'm just saying genuinely, have the goalposts moved, mate? Have has the definition of what it is to be a normal football team is is that getting rewritten now? Like as as some might have said, we were when the Premier League era started that Tottenham were one of the big five, one of the teams that brought about the start of the Premier League. Many people probably looked at us with quite a lot of scorn as they do at City, Chelsea, PSG, Monaco, so on and so forth. If we want to keep up, do we do we have to just bite the bullet and sell on and become that soulless 
insipid, horrible entity that they are. I wouldn't say so, no. I mean, I think the thing that we always point to is the fact that we need to maximise our, our match day profit and, and commercial value, and that'll come through more than anything the stadium. So once that's built and we have that sort of um, financial backing on a weekly basis, um, we'll be able to rise our, our wages so that we can price our players more competitively and pay them as much. I mean, short of having one of these um, morally corrupt type of oil barons that have, have gained their wealth through questionable means, I mean, Roman Abramovich, the deals he made with the Russian government in order to have that sort of, the deals he had into oil is, is you know, far from legal in many people's eyes. And the fact that he he owns the club and runs it in the manner he does and the success they've had... Um, you know, doesn't sit comfortably with me, um, as I've made plainly obvious before, especially with you know, Manchester City. And, I mean, Paris Saint-Germain and Monaco are no better. I mean, the clubs such as, uh, I know it pains you to say, but Arsenal have done it in a in a much more appropriate manner. They're still shit, which is why, you know, it, it's probably, in a, in a purely footballing sense, better to just be bought out by somebody of that nature than, than try and do it in any sort of sustainable manner. It's um, it's just a, a, a long old road. You have to kind of. There's going to be more of these transition periods. These more, you know, these these testing seasons, and there will be ones where we're flourished with, with trophies and wins and things. I mean, I'd rather have. I'd rather be the size of club and the the type of run club we are at the moment and win the odd trophy through the right means by by what we define them and. And be be happy with what we've achieved. I mean, the odd FA Cup, the odd Carling Cup, maybe even stretch yourselves to Europa League, the odd run in the the Champions League. If if that's what the the glass ceiling is for a club that runs themselves financially responsibly and and doesn't make you feel ill when you look at the the you know the type of money that they pay for players and the amount that they get a week and. You know, Do you know what that mate? You're saying this, and I, I, I'm of the same opinion as you. But what I don't understand is, like, you know, we've asked these, we've asked for questions from you know the listeners tonight um, as to what they would ask the Chelsea fans, and it's all been, you know, kind of. <sighs> What do you, you know, how do you sleep at night? And I, I, it is funny, it's funny to kind of rib them a bit like that and to say, you know, what's it like to support a kind of soulless team and this and that. But then you've got a lot of Spurs fans who, at the same time, and I'm sure some of the people that have actually asked the questions tonight, I can't name anyone in particular, but people that will say, we should fuck off the Europa League to get top four. You know, AVB wasn't doing the job. We weren't pushing for top four. Um, Even if they, we are to get top four this season, that doesn't mean we'll get it next season. All it means well, is we'll be in the Champions League this year. It's not a sustainable it, mate, thing at the moment. Like, it's not a sustainable thing. And it's like, it isn't the type of thing that, you know, if, if we do sustain getting into the top four, the next level is, as Arsenal are seeing, is... <laughs> we have to start winning the league or at least winning a trophy as well as finishing in the top four. And as you've alluded to there, Arsenal are doing a very good job without the resources of a team like City or Chelsea, but that still isn't good enough for their fans. So I think it really is getting to that time where the fans need to decide what is it that they actually want because success, prolonged and sustained and top-level success in my opinion, 
is not going to come any longer with teams like Chelsea and City operating in the way in which they do. Thus, if you want that, then you can't be against and you can't look down on teams like City and Chelsea for doing what they're doing. If you are happy to not be that type of team, which I am and which you are as well as you say from that, then you need to start looking at things like the Europa League. You need to start looking at things like the League Cup and the FA Cup and saying that is achievable and that is something of fantastic merit and we should be trying to win those things and not pouring scorn upon it. I, I, I where, do you, where do you stand on the whole oligarch issue? Would you, would you, you know, not open, not accept one with open arms, but would you be able to live with the, you know, appreciate the club and support the club in the same capacity you do currently? No, not in the same capacity. I, I, I'm, I'm being genuine honest about that. I, I'm not going to say, oh, no, no, I, I'd be disgusted and I could never, ever celebrate a Tottenham win again. If we got bought out by an oligarch and won the Champions League two years later, of course I'd be, I'd be happy to see us win the Champions League because I would kind of, well, not kind of, I would be thinking, well, you know, this is a Champions League that's also populated by teams like City, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, PSG, Monaco, teams that have been financially doped for years. Um, So to win that, it is a level playing field. But at the same time, would I still have that same level of, considering our Champions League run a few years ago, when we didn't win it and we got absolutely dicked by Real Madrid, but beating teams like AC Milan... Bale's hat-trick in, you know, in, in Milan against Inter and his subsequent demolition of them at home, it, it wouldn't feel the same. That, to me, felt pure. That felt like, this is Tottenham. This, the, we are the small team. We're the minnows. This is, we're the team that, when you, when you see these kind of you know, chip shop owners and whatever beating a big team in the FA Cup and everyone is behind them and everyone thinks that's brilliant. That's what we were when we were in the Champions League. And I like being that. I like being that team of even whatever, if it means we're also Rans, if it means that we don't stand any real chance of doing it. I like the fact that we're there and we're, we're mixing it with big teams like that. Um, and we're doing it off of the back of playing, you know, decent football and having a team that's, well managed, and that is something I have to give Harry for, for for that run. That he managed the team well in that run, um, in that Champions League season at least, um, and really pepped up the spirits. And well, a, a, again, the fact that we a lot of the players we bought, we nurtured. You know, Modric, yeah, he cost us a lot of money. Bale cost us a lot of money, not huge money, but they cost us money. But they were rough diamonds, and they were they were products that we we refined and we built into very exceptional footballers. Very exceptional, didn't really belong together, but into exceptional footballers. Um, and I was proud of that team. And I think that's more what I want. I, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not desperate. I'm not desperately clamoring for us to win the, the title or to win the Champions League as much as I'd love it. For me, it's more just knowing that we've, we've, we've given it our best shot. And I think that is primarily what is what's getting me down about this season. I know I sounded a bit negative and it was, I was probably a bit over the top with that with the Chelsea lads, but I think what's gotten me down and got me down about the Cardiff performance and quite a few performances this season is that I genuinely get that feeling that not, a, not all of our players are really up for it, that there isn't that same fight there. Um, 
And I, I, that's that's kind of why I think I can excuse players like Dawson when he does fuck up every now and again because he does seem like he does seem like a player that whatever he's always got that fight and he always he always gives a shit and I think that's more so just in my my opinion as a, as a football fan and what I want from my team is a team that will just uphold the proud traditions of our club and will 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 go forwards and will just fight for the shirt and chase every ball and and play every game like it's their last. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a, an old romantic, but that, that's, I guess that's what I want. But to, 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 again, cut my rant short, would I stop supporting Spurs if we got bought out by an oligarch? Probably not. Um, depends, again, on their history. If it's an oligarch with maybe like, you know, horrendous human rights issues littered in his past or something like that, then yes, that's something I'd have to, I'd have to question. But if it's someone that's done things questionably in a business sense, then, you know, I probably have to swallow it and see it as football's changed as opposed to my team has changed. But that same romanticism, that same love, that same kind of, Spark would be lost. Yes. Christ, it took me about 10 minutes to answer that, mate. Sorry. It's all right. I mean, I think you pretty much covered everything I've ever said about the matter <laughs> um, in a roundabout way. I mean, I, I would never feel as comfortable supporting Tottenham in the, in the same capacity that I do now if we were to go down the same road. I mean, as, as vociferously as I've, I've said negative things about Chelsea and, and Manchester City in the past and the way in which they run for me to then turn my back on it and say, you know, it's Tottenham now, it's a different matter. We're on the same playing field. It just feel wrong inside. And I don't think I'd ever, it's one of those strange things. I don't think I'd ever be able to completely disconnect myself from the club because I've spent so many years, so much emotional investment, monetary investment in our club and, and what have you. So many years just, supporting them as, as best as I can and to the extent that I can I mean it, it breaks my heart that I'm not in a financial position to to go and watch every single game home and away and across Europe I mean I think they're both of us in a, in a similar position that if we if we did have the, the disposable finances to be able to do that sort of thing as, as some fans are, are luckily able to we would but you know it, it comes down to real life and sometimes you just can't but I don't think I'd, I'd have the want or the desire to to follow them in that sort of manner if if we were to follow the same route as some of those. I mean, I, I think I'd. I, I mean, it's almost as if like you know, if you ever break up with someone, you, you kind of keep half an eye on them on their Facebook, and the Tottenham would still be the first team I look for the score of, and I'd still be happy when they won something. I still probably watch them on TV, but I'd, I don't think I'd ever be push exactly. to go and see them live I don't. Th- I, I, it would almost be slightly voyeuristic the experience I have of it I don't think I'd be I, I remember like hugging my dad when we won the Carling Cup the last time and, and crying slightly and being that happy with what we'd done and I don't think I'd ever be able to that level of joy would never be untapped I mean I, I've said that line but previously about the, the foot of Steve Perryman I've got signed of, of him lifting the FA Cup and what that represents for me and what that represents for Tottenham and the tradition that we hold and the thing that we have. And we may be called old romantics and we may be knocked down for that, but it doesn't make it wrong. It just make it's just a different perception of, of a way in which a sport can be, can be gone. And the fact that we have to have lengthy discussions about the business side of a sport and not just concentrate what's happening on the field and, and allow ourselves to be encapsulated by the players that play the game and, 
and slightly dabble in the tactics and statistics and we have to have this sort of moral question about the sport makes you think about the wider context of the of the beast in which we follow because maybe it's it's something that's going to all consume everything at some point maybe there's going to be some point where it's you know it's going to become some NFL type of thing where it's a a franchise across everywhere and Tottenham aren't going to be in Tottenham anymore and it's all it's run by the money men the TV companies and and the sponsorships which in all honesty that's probably where we're going to we're going to find ourselves in in the not too distant future which is um is is more than disappointing isn't it yeah definitely mate but it you know it's something that requires a, a hell of a lot of discussion um and it's 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 pretty systemic at a football wide level um and it's just fairly rancid but then there are there are always these high points there are things like 1882 that's going on at the moment there are things like the Holmesdale fanatics there are clubs like St Pauli um that kind of rub against the grain still um so i guess you just have to define new parameters within things you have to you know accept that maybe that 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 top that top level of competition is 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 off the menu and and look forward to to just taking each game as it comes more now you know to not looking at games like Cardiff away and hope you know just expecting that we're going to win and getting pissed off if we don't actually maybe you know we should enjoy every game as as we once did as Spurs fans maybe that's part of what's missing and also just not relentlessly bitching about everything on Twitter all the time and I'm as guilty of that as the next person um but yeah it's it's been a it's been a, a decent episode tonight I think mate it's been a pleasure talking to you as always Raj um I, I just wanted to move on quite quickly I hear you've been You've been having a bit of trouble, uh, haven't you, mate? Like some some lad in your locale's been, you know, he's, it, right, listeners. If you uh, if any of you live in Yorkshire and you you're pretty hard, um, Raj might need a bit of backup soon because he's been he's been getting some threatening phone calls. Do you, do you want to go into that a bit more, Raj? Um, I think it was Friday night at half three in the morning, and I slept <laughs> I slept through a phone call. Um, what was his name? What's the name of the lad? What, do, you want, do you want the caller ID that was on the phone or the the voicemail that was left into? Uh, just, just <laughs> not not so much the caller ID, perhaps. Just like what with the name of the bloke that he uh, well, that he, said. He went by the name Barry, and he had this strange concoction of some sort of Yorkshire Scouse accent, where he uh, he was saying. He was skirting around some fairly. Could he have, could he have sounded perhaps like a, a a lad that's grown up outside of Yorkshire, but maybe has like I don't know, like a mum that's from Yorkshire or something. Something like that. I mean, I'm not sure if whether or not you could relate to him, but um, I mean, if if I mean, it's it's quite a, a funny listen. I mean, if we're if we're going to be honest about it, it was you, wasn't it, Jack? Well, it, yeah, it was my birthday. Happy birthday! Thank you very much, everyone. Um, Happy thirtieth. It, it, not 29, 29. I know, I was taking a piss. You whippersnapper, right? There's a, there's a year to go, yeah. Christ, I called you a whippersnapper. I'm calling girls <laughs> young lady. Jesus, what's happening to me? Um, yeah, it was my birthday and I got very drunk and I, 
I just wanted to call you and tell you tell you that I liked you, Raj, I mean, you know? I, I, so I, think so it, I was a bit drunk warmed, and feeling affectionate. I know it warmed my heart that the first person you'd think of to send abuse to at half three in the morning when you you slightly uh, slightly pagged and worse for wear was uh, was myself. So when I woke up in the morning and I and I listened to the message and I saw that because you tried to ring me twice. I mean, the first time you you kind of burped down the phone and left a message there. Oh, did, I, <laughs> did that actually happen? Yeah, and then the second one you actually managed to get out some sort of like rancid half Yorkshire bile that you were trying to trying to feed me but uh, what I'll do is um, because you couldn't actually remember what you'd said to me I had to the other day uh, record the voicemail and uh, put it onto my computer so that I could email you the audio of it so what I'll do is now that we've spoken about it on air I'll um, I'll tag it onto the end of the podcast just so anyone can listen to the to the message that Barry sent me um and 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 see just how good uh, Jack's impression of my voice is i mean but what you were, what you're saying though the, the worst thing about this is is me trying to pretend i was i was this Barry figure i, I didn't even fucking withhold my id no that was that was, that was genuinely the best part <laughs> well, i just thought that like as you said it you were like why did you call me and pretend your name was Barry and i was just like Fuck! The second I thought about it, that I hadn't even withheld my ID. You, when I but, actually texted you the next morning to say it, you the first you sent me one text within like a, a split second of the other, and you went, "Huh? Eh, what?" And then you went, "Oh shit! Yeah, I did, didn't I?" <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if we're if we're gonna move on and do the admin, um, I think what we, we asked for last week was we asked for uh, somebody to leave us. Uh, iTunes, um, what they're called, reviews and what have you, and uh, leave us a five star rating and that. And I think one that's um, one that's done the rounds and one that we got sent a um, screenshot of was somebody who went by. The, have you read this? I have. I think it's fantastic. The one that's called "Great Listen Five Star" by Ahi Dub, seventy seventh of February. That's what last week. It starts off well. It says, "Fantastic podcast, funny and informative." I think we'll take that. I think that's that's what we aim for. Out and out lie, but you know, thank you. Then you know, home truths come. Jack is great, even if Spurs put him on the verge of tears each week, which I think you know this episode is just pretty much fucking proven. Most things put me on the verge of tears, to be honest, mate. And then this, this is the sentence that you know sits uncomfortably with myself. Only, <laughs> <laughs> only gripe, only gripe. Fuck me. It even sounds Yorkshire that phrase. Only gripe is that Carl Pilkington is a lot funnier in An Idiot Abroad <laughs> <laughs> than he is in this podcast. Although, this is the bit that actually hurt. Although I'm surprised, I'm surprised by his football knowledge. I, uh, uh, I mean, it's very nice of him to call us funny and informative and say we're fantastic. That, that was probably me more so, to be honest, that part, I think. Yeah. Only gripe is that Carl Pilkington is a lot funny on an idiot abroad. It's a joke that has like eaten itself now and gone far beyond the pale. It has done, but I I, I like it and I think it's it's got to stay, Carl. Um, as does, well, I'm I'm not going to start talking about 
uh, True Detective because not everyone's on the same level as us with True Detective. So you might be watching on Sky Atlantic. But basically, the spaghetti monster's coming to get you. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> the spaghetti monster. <laughs> it sounds like a fucking kid show. <laughs> it's not an episode of Scooby-Doo. Matthew McConaughey is running around doing that, the fucking Benny Hill music with Woody Harrelson chasing him. <laughs> <laughs> with like a man in like a giant mop type costume. Right? Saying that, if we, if we were in... If we were in Scooby Doo, you'd be Shaggy, and that I think that would probably yeah, I would by name and by nature. Uh uh-uh. uh And then what yeah. would that leave me? Would I be is calling me Scooby Doo slightly racist? I'm not entirely sure. I don't know, but I'm not going to go on to I'm not going to go on to a topic such as that. What we'll with the article we'll that I may have going up this week? Yeah, we'll leave that to Sol Campbell. There we go. Exactly. Um, yeah, the, uh, it's okay. So I'm I'm writing a piece about Sol Campbell and his his the reaction to what he said during the week. I don't want to go on about it too much now because it's a big topic and we've we've gas bagged enough um, for one evening. But is there anything else going up on the site this week at all, mate? Uh, Rob will send us a preview. I imagine of the game from. Wherever he is hiding in Argentina, he's like. I'd rather have a report detailing his sexual escapades through South America. To be honest, the thing is, I think he purposely doesn't listen to us anymore because he knows that we we sort of detail what he does in uh, in his wicked ways around Argentina. He's uh, a dirty, dirty man. I mean, the, I mean, there's going to be more ginger people in the next nine months in Argentina than there ever has been before. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he'll send us a a really good uh, st- uh, statistical and tactical preview of the Chelsea game. Um, so that'll be up and uh, whatever else we can get our hands on um, uh, will be up. We've probably got a youth update as well for, for February now that the month has changed. That'll be going up as well soon. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. And like I say, when we do say the site, we mean www.spursstatman.com where you will find these articles that we're talking about, loads of other stuff, as well as all the previous episodes of Rule the Roost podcast, which can also be found on our Bruss, Bruss, our Buzzsprout website, which will be tweeted out, as will our iTunes site. Um, you can follow the, the Rule the Roost Twitter account at RTRSSM. Thank you very much for listening. As ever, I have been to Trunk. I've been joined by Baines. And you lot are a load of bastards. Come on, you Spurs.
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.